DJ and PK brought to you by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. All right, we're getting a lot of feedback. Are the Jazz the Utes? Are they beating a lot of bad and mediocre teams? And when they face the best, are all your dreams going to go up in a smoking pile of ashes? <laughs> okay, some people are seriously into this, and other people are just having fun. Is the sky the roof? Okay, I like that. That should be the ceiling is the roof, but... Jason, is 1280-1320? Oh! Ah, Add it up. Tad just... (laughs) Tad went on her Facebook and said, please don't ruin the jazz for me. (laughs) Well, you're ruining the jazz for you, not us. I think it's a legitimate question. Are they that good? Oh, no, people think we're trolling. We're getting some of that. Someone's stirring the pot. This community with the stirring the pot stuff is just <laughs> so outrageous. I mean, you say anything and you're stirring the pot. Anything remotely interesting? Yeah. Our standard for stirring the pot it's is pretty low. It is, really. Yeah, it Jeez. is. Do you ever, in your life anywhere, do you ever like hang out with fan, people who are sports fans and just debate stuff? <laughs> you ever just like, how good is this guy? How good is that team? Whatever. Uh, Chris. No, are the Jazz the Utes? No, this is ridiculous. They are not the Utes. The Jazz have actually played great teams up to this point, and they beat them. The Jazz already have wins over the Bucks and the Clippers. They also get more chances so that they have enough. Because while they have a win over the Bucks, they also have a loss to the Bucks, and they yeah, went on that road trip and but got that's worked back then. And got worked by Toronto and Philly. Right. That is before they made the moves to yeah. Improve the bench. Right. So I think that you have to go now, basically the latter part of December and what we are here approaching the middle of January. I think that's the run. The, this 13-2 and two thing that they are in their last 15, I think that's the this, this segment that, of yep. games that you take. The Bucks thing back then, that's nice. But, you know, you lost to them, too, so that flushes it out a little bit. So just go this run with the post-trade, as you say. I think there are I think there are very much similarities because the Clippers, you did beat them. That's a great win. There's no question that's a great win. Just like the Washington win in Seattle was a great win. That was a great win. So you have a great win. <clears throat> so I think there's a lot of parallels right now the thing that i won't go say because i don't know this is that how it's going to play out going forward and we know the utes faded and faded badly and there's no way that i can say that the jazz are on track to fade and fade badly just like i wouldn't have said the utes weren't going to fade and fade badly those last two games were a a shocking surprise to me i mean and that's just really bad it's one thing to lose through oregon but you got smoked by a seven and five team, and you you got embarrassed. I wish I I don't take any pleasure saying nope. it. I was on the field after the game, and that is what is in their eyes. There was hmm. uh, hurt, disgust, embarrassment. They were they were mad, and the clock hit zero, and there's nothing they could do about well, it. I had one staffer come up to me on the field and just say one thing in my ear: "Ouch." Yeah, and yeah, that sucked. I didn't want to see that happen whatsoever by any stretch. No way. I wanted to see them just kick the crap out of Texas, actually. But it didn't happen. Uh, so I can't say that the Jazz are going to fade. Right now, I would say, no, they're not going to fade. But I said the same thing about Utah. I thought they were going to go to the Rose Bowl minimum. And possibly, I, I never really believe, I never really believed the system would reward them with the playoff. So that's why I was saying more so Rose Bowl. And neither of those things happened, and for whatever reasons, they didn't show up in either of those games, and those stung. They still had a very good season. You won 11 ball games, uh, and you know you can. Would that happen for the Jazz? I I don't know, but right now, I'm saying no. Now you can lose. There's a winner and loser in every every competition, so. But you don't have to lose by 20. Yeah, and they can go into the postseason and lose. And it still be a heck of a series. Hunter just tweeted at us, Oh man, don't do this to me at David DJ James. My hopes are high. And you're telling me they will be crushed? No, we're not. We're asking the question. We're not telling you anything. If anything, I'm telling you to shut up and don't say that. 
We're not saying that whatsoever. We're not saying it's going to be. I don't want to like psychoanalyze that. a guy who I've never met, who I've seen type 140 characters on Twitter. So that's a lie because I do want to psychoanalyze him. I just lied. That was terrible. Uh, do you think? I do. Do you think? Because I think when I read this, I think this is a guy who's already thought about it and is worried that the answer is yes and hates that we're bringing it up. That's a good point. Because now you're like, oh, they they brought it up because they think the answer is yes. Because he's, Hunter, you're psychoanalyzing me, aren't you? Well, knock it off, Hunter. I'm just psycho. (laughs) I'll uh, leave the analyst. (laughs) The the analyst goes to me, you'll you'll just be crazy. I'm psycho. That's, That's a proven fact. Uh I don't know what's going to happen. That's why, that's the beauty of this. I've been saying this for weeks and months now relative to the NBA playoffs and why I'm so excited for April and May to get here is because of the mystery. That's a word I used on Monday. The mystery that's involved is because we don't know. And we do believe, and I believe, that this ball club should be in the mix. Would I say that they were going to get to the NBA Finals? Probably not. But... I can make an argument for or against three, four, five teams. That's what what I said. I, I, I'm pretty sure I said it on Monday, if not then Tuesday, that any one of these four, five, maybe six teams, and I, I only went. I know you remember this because I said four or five, and you said why don't you go six? I said because the injuries are probably going to decimate somebody. I do remember that. And so any one of those four or five could represent the West in the NBA Finals, and to me. As a sports fan, a basketball fan, that's the best situation is that you have a shot. This team has a legitimate shot. In my mind right now, they have as legitimate a shot as any team out there to get. Yeah, I don't buy that. I and do. Th- and that's why well, I've been talking. Said it. That's why I've been talking all along since the start of the season. Can they win 55? Can they get to the three seed? Yes. Because yes. what the Yes. And that and to me if they do that and if they beat I don't know who six will be, uh, Oklahoma City or Denver or Dallas or Houston, whatever it is. And if they beat that team in the first round, then that vindicates everything that the organization did to improve the team in the offseason and the way it played out, although we didn't know it at the time, but the way it played out to improve the team during the season. Oh, I think they've already had vindication. Oh, really? You're yeah. already just checking that box. Yes. But you're, you're the king of playoff games. Usually I'm regular season guy and you're playoff guy, and now we're flipping roles. I'm no, waiting two for the playoffs. You, the, the, the management making the moves, uh-huh. I believe they've already – I don't think they needed vindication, but you use the word, so I'll use it. Yeah. I believe they've already been vindicated. Those were the right moves. Now it's up to the guys to go ahead and win the games. The management can't win any playoff games. They they're not going to be on the on the floor. It's up to the guys. The guys got to do it. The management provided them with the opportunity to win at a high level. It's up to them to go do it. It was the right move to get Conley. Now, if Conley has a subpar season, that's not on the management. That's on them. That's on Mike. Yes, it is on Mike. I mean, yes, but it's a little bit on management for picking the wrong guy. Well, well as opposed to who was the other guy? You see, it's not like the draft where, you, oh, you draft Cantor and you had Kawhi Leonard. And I don't remember if they were the same draft, but I just throw that out there. Right. And you should have drafted. You can do that with the draft. But you can't, in, in the Conley well, trade, you can't say, well, they should have pl- taken player whomever, because I don't know who player whomever was. Or in the draft, you've got a list, and so you could check it off and you can see. So literally. you're right. You're right about that. We can't second guess they should have done this, but I don't think there is a chance in the world that Dennis Lindsay and Justin Zanuck went in with one plan. <laughs> I just, I think they had multiple plans. I think they look at everything 50 different ways. And sp- as much time as we all spend on it, it's their job. And they take it real serious, and they spend a ton of time on it. So they had a plan B, C, and D. Now, some of them maybe they couldn't execute because the other team is like, no, nah, we're not doing that. And so you cross some of them off because the other team shoots it down. But I suspect they had plenty of other plans and thought this is the best one, and it's the best one we can execute because the other people have to okay it too. The, I think it was the right move to – 
you had to take a chance. That's you true. You can't sit stand, still. Stand, I totally agree with that. And the so they took Pat a was, chance. Standing Pat was not the right option. So that's why I think their move was the right move. They took a chance. Here's a player who has been very good. We all know the story. We don't need to go over it. And right. so they took that shot, and now it's up to Mike to to prove them right, I guess. But in my mind, the moves that they made, Bogdanovich is an absolute friggin' home run. It's an A plus oh, plus, yeah, yeah. plus plus plus. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so whatever your expectations were, he has to have matched them or exceeded them. Yeah. I, I can't believe that somebody sitting out there thought I thought he was going to be better than this. You did not. And you're paying him <laughs> seventeen million. And that's in NBA terms, that's not shockingly outrageous. It is in my terms, but uh, in their no, but terms. In, but in the NBA, you're right. It's NBA. reasonable for what he's providing, so that was a good move. And Clarkson was a good move. And what what moves have they made that has been wrong? So they, they already have the vindication for me. Tyler says, I hope not. The question is, are the Jazz the Utes? And Tyler says, I hope not. We want them to actually accomplish something. And well, I agree, of course. Okay. We all do. So two things. I think winning 11 games is accomplishing something. For I think sure. really what yeah. you mean, Tyler, is accomplishing more. However, I also find it interesting that Tyler doesn't say we want them to win at all. Well, we do. We do, but he's not demanding it. He's hoping for it and wishing for it, no doubt. But not demanding. Well, see, that's the goes away. If you're looking at four or five teams, and maybe you disagree, but I think four or five teams can get to the NBA Finals. So, I'll give because you of could. saying that, then yeah, I'll give you could. Then, if you don't get to the finals, well, I can't view it as a disappointment. I'll give you could, but not likely. Well, only I think one team is going to get there. So Right, certainly. only one team is going to get there, and I think it's very likely that it's the Lakers or Clippers. And the moves going back to the whole, you know, the Jazz front office, but every other front office in Dallas and Houston too, you know, they the moves the Lakers and Clippers had made, they didn't have available to them. LeBron wasn't leveraging his way to Denver, so we can't hold the Denver front office responsible for Right, that. but if I think Jokic was in Los Angeles, you'd be saying, oh, wow, look at this kid. This guy, he just doesn't get much run over there in Denver. They're obsessing on, they don't even, he didn't even run his own hometown. They're <laughs> no, obsessing who's the quarterback. Yes. And they're going to take are. another quarterback. Are they going to go after Eli Manning? They're, and the blah, big blah, stories blah, blah. are the Broncos, the Broncos, and, and the Broncos. And, and if he was in Los Angeles, I mean, look at, is, is Anthony Davis. That much better than Jokic? I don't think he is. Oh, but yet Anthony Davis. I mean, they're on Christmas Day and blah 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 yeah, blah. Have to go all analyze, this run. We'd have to go analyze their supporting cast because you're right. What did he really get done in New Orleans? He won one playoff series one time. The Joker got a playoff series last year. Now you can argue they should have gotten two, and they got beat by Portland. If he was in playing with LeBron, they'd be going nuts about him. Yes. Everything's bigger when you got the purple and gold on. So, I think Denver has a legitimate chance to get to the NBA Finals. They belong in the discussion. It's like the, the Tyler Huntley-Heisman thing. At the time that you started promoting him, he belonged in the discussion. It was worthy of discussion. He never was going to win it. They weren't saying that. But he was completing 80% of his passes, and he was looking really good. Every decision he was making. let's promote him and send out some releases talking about how good he is. Right. Really is what they were doing. And I had zero problem with that. He was, it was completely legitimate. He wasn't going to win it. He wasn't going to get invited to New York. None of that was going to happen. But at the time they started throwing stuff out there, that was fine. It's the same thing here. These four or five teams, or two or three or four beyond the Clippers and Lakers, they right now here, as we approach the midway point, we're 92.7% of the way towards mid midway point of the season. They deserve to You're be mocking in the discussion. Me. I am. You're mocking me. You find yeah. that more interesting than the other. <laughs> you, you do that every year. Uh, we, we're four games from the halfway point. So let's, at four games, if you want to discuss where they are at the halfway point, I'm in. Now, you can discuss it now, and I'll just <laughs> look at the internet. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. When we get there, then because I don't want to blow it now, I need something to discuss in four games. So th- these teams belong in the discussion. 
And it's it's shocking to me that Denver doesn't belong in the discussion. Okay, I believe it belongs in the discussion. I can totally buy four, five, or six teams, but the six could get shortened up by the time we get there because one or two teams have injuries and won't be there. But it's it's like the staggered start. It's it's not it's not an even race. You don't think the Lakers and Clippers have an advantage? This isn't six teams each. What would be an even? I don't even know. 17% chance or whatever it is. 16 or 17% chance that everybody's got an even chance of getting there. I didn't say they had an even chance. Okay, good. I said they belong in the discussion. To me, that's a complete sign of disrespect to say Houston, Utah, Utah, Denver, and Denver. Particularly those. Let's, uh, Dallas off to the side a little bit here. Uh, we'll see how they develop because this is their first go around. And much like Denver last year, we saw their first go around was nice, very good season, excellent season, and yet and then they sort of underachieved in the postseason relative to their seed, right? Um, so I'm going to put Dallas off to the side a little bit, and plus it's fresh in my memory they lost last night to Denver in Dallas. Those other three teams, they deserve, they may not deserve as much discussion, but they certainly deserve to be in the discussion. If I'm Houston right now, this is the best scenario. Chip on the shoulder. Nobody's talking about you. Nobody's talking about you. You can have the chip on the shoulder. Yeah. There's no expectations. And you can be the whole world's against us. Everyone's in love with Kawhi and LeBron. It's LA, 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 LA. Yeah, exactly. Westbrook, how good are you, son? Because, you know, when you had Durant, you were a really good team. Well, then when Durant left, nobody really expected you to, to compete at that level. All right, well, now you got a comparable player, at least in terms of uh, production. There may be different players, but in terms of production. You've got a comparable star in the manner of Durant, in James Harden. What are you going to do? Now's your chance to prove it, man. I mean, it's not like, uh, you know, you wind yourself out of Oklahoma City by any stretch. They realized they had to move on. So no one's going to begrudge you the way Durant was begrudged for winning in Oakland the way if Westbrook wins in Houston, right? He got traded. And it wasn't like he was demanding, get me out of here, get me out of here, like Anthony Davis did and wearing uh, Looney Tunes So Long Folks t-shirts. It was completely and totally disrespectful. I can't bring myself to root for that. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I don't, that, I know. that left a sour taste in the my whole, mouth. The whole way the Lakers leveraged yeah. him out of there. If was I was brutal. a New Orleans fan, I'd be furious. That's a complete I, and total sign of disrespect. I, I, I'd say that, but I think that anybody who roots for any smaller market, colder market. I mean, it happened that they did it to New Orleans, but they would have done it to anybody. To Denver or to Utah, to Indiana or Milwaukee, on down the line. Amen. You know, that's there, there ought to be at least 20 franchises looking at that like, that was awful. Yeah. They picked on New Orleans, but they could have picked on any of the 19 of us. It's not a good look. It's not a, it's not a good look for the league whatsoever. And that bothers me. Well, Westbrook doesn't have that. And here's your chance, Russell, to really show. To show what you're about, that you're about winning, that you're not about stats, you're not about drama. Some guy in the 25th row says something and not to dismiss what he said and make light of what was going on there. But it just seems like there's there was always some form of drama surrounding Westbrook. Uh, put, that, put that aside. Go and play winning basketball. And here's your chance. I think Houston has a legitimate chance. Be huge if they took down the Lakers and Clippers. But is anyone really good enough to beat those two in back-to-back series? I think they are. Now, it may not I happen. Think the three teams the, that I just mentioned happen. are. Locke was, this may shock you that Locke does a bunch of simulations and look forward to playoff matchups in mm, January. Because he's bored. <laughs> it's true. He's on the road and he's got time to kill, and so he figures this stuff out, sitting on some bus somewhere, some play. Uh, he, he could be at home for he think he'd 15 do it anyway. weeks in a row he would do it, yes. <laughs> but he was talking about, will the Clippers, you know, with the whole load management resting, and it's so compact that if you just lose one game a month or one game every other month, and you just lose two or three games because you're resting guys, you're resting Paul George, you're resting Kawhi Leonard, you lose two or three games and you drop from the two seed to the four seed and you end up on the same side of the bracket as the Lakers. There have been plenty of words written. Yeah, I got it. About an all-LA conference final, but if they end up one and four... Then obviously it doesn't happen. Right. Yeah, I won't worry about that. But when I look at those two teams, man, yeah, I see LeBron... Just a magnificent player. 
And if you want to put him as the best of all time, I don't have any problem with that. If you want to put him five best, whatever you want to do, I'm, I'm okay with that. He's a magnificent player. He's really just unbelievable. He's one of the few guys who had incredible hype, and he exceeded it. Not that he just meet it, but he exceeded it in my mind. And then Anthony Davis is a marvelously talented, skilled player. You're going to not find very many players that tall be that skilled. But other than that, what do they got that I can count on? They got players that can do it, but can I count on them all the time? All right, DJ and PK coming up. More on the Jazz. Craig Bowlerjack, TV voice of the Jazz, joins us next. Joe Ingles coming up at 8.50. Stay with us. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Utah Jazz make it seven in a row. There was never a doubt. They beat the Knicks 128-104. It was a blowout by halftime. Emmanuel Moutier, playing against his old team, had 20 points. So did Bojan Bogdanovic. Jazz are off today. They host the Charlotte Hornets tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Denver beat the Dallas Mavericks 107-106. The Joker, Nikola Jokic, with a big bucket right at the end to get the Nuggets the win. He finished with 33 points in the game. And the Rockets beat the Hawks 122-115. College hoops tonight. BYU, St. Mary's in Moraga. The game's at 9 o'clock on ESPN2. And San Diego State head coach Rocky Long retiring. Brady Hoke, his assistant, will be promoted. Hoke, a former San Diego State head coach before he took off for Michigan. Top of the Wire, brought to you by Zero Res. Starting your new year off fresh and clean with a call to Zero Res Carpet Cleaning. Get three rooms of carpet clean for just $89.95. Schedule with Zero Res today online at ZeroResSaltLake.com or call them at 801-288-9376. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Kurt Heelan from ProBasketballTalk.com and NBC Sports. What are your thoughts on the Jazz hot streak? Is it level of competition that they're playing or have the Jazz resolved some issues? Look, there have been some soft wins in there, but A, you need to beat those teams anyway, right? Yeah. <laughs> you need to have those kind of wins. Like, you've got to beat the teams you're supposed to beat. I think that there's a better flow, especially offensively. They've just been on fire on the offensive end, which is good to see because that was the end we thought Connolly was going to help with. That hasn't really come through yet, but they seem to be finding a groove on the offensive and if they do that, I'm less worried about the defense because I've seen them do that before. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ, PK, and Craig Bowlerjack joining us right now. He is on the Sprint special guest line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Craig Bowlerjack. Good morning. Hello, DJ PK. How are you? We're good. Bowler, I'm curious. How much extra prep did you do for the Jazz Knicks broadcast because you were pretty sure it was going to be a blowout and you're going to need a lot of stuff to talk about? I mean, is that yeah. like the heaviest lifting you do all year? I mean, I don't want to, you know, broadcasting a game isn't, you know, a construction job in the snow. Let's not say it's real hard, right? right. But nonetheless, right. Compared to another game, a two-point game, the story tells itself. This was, uh, you knew this was going to be bad. Well, after uh, the Knicks got beat in L.A. Uh, against the Lakers by 30, you kind of figured uh, the way that we know how this league works on a back-to-back, on a blowout, you could two things could happen, and that means, uh, and it, I knew it probably wouldn't happen with the Knicks, the way this team's going, and then when I heard that uh, uh, Julius Randle was out for personal reasons, yes, I, I really, in late afternoon, uh, really started to decide this thing could get out of hand, and last night, you know, the Jazz took advantage, and, and uh, eight players in double figures, and and the rest is history, and that's the way you're su- you're supposed to dominate teams that are not uh, not by any means as good as you. And uh, Utah's taking advantage of the schedule right now, and 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 making making one incredible run, uh, hottest team in the NBA. And the thing is, though, guys, yet have we seen Denver? Yet we have not. You know, the Jazz have not played Houston, and uh, you know. They've got. I think that's where the, some of the the tests, you know, will come. Uh, we'll get a better idea to see, you know, putting them putting the Jazz up against teams of that nature, which are the the high level teams uh, in the in the West. Yeah, that's one of the things we've been discussing. We can comparing what the Jazz are doing right now to what the Utes did in football, and they beat up 
and really, I mean, just dominated a bunch of teams that turns out, you know, some of them were okay, but none of them were really outstanding. And so we know they got a very nice record, and then it ended poorly. Now, we have no idea how the Jazz are going to end. That will be determined in the coming months. But we see a correlation there that you beating up on a bunch of teams you're supposed to beat, beat up on. And I thought that the Utes were legitimate, and they were going to at least split between Oklahoma and Texas. And not only did they not split, they got worked. Now, I think the same thing with the Jazz, that they are legitimate. But since the competition hasn't been that great, I guess I'm not really sure. Well, you know, the correlation is uh, interesting. But at the same time, we've got to play this season out too, PK. I I, I think again, you know, there's been quality wins. You know, you, you got one against the Clippers, a full, a full, uh, you know, roster strength uh, with Paul George and Kawhi, and a win against the Bucks as well. Uh, so you put those on the shelf. But again, you know, in the Western Conference, you got. It's amazing how this schedule has been built this year, where we have seen just multiple games with Memphis, multiple games with New Orleans. And yet the teams that you're going to have to beat to get to the top, we've yet to see, Dallas and Houston and Denver. Uh, those are the teams I'm really anxious for the Jazz uh, to finally play, and we'll get a heavy dose of, uh, of those teams as this month continues on. Um, the one thing, too, uh, that I think has helped the Jazz, and I think even the fan base, get, get a little bit more excited is the Jazz made a – you know, bold decision to release Jeff Green. They they released Dante Exum, who they hoped PK was going to be a star, and it just did not happen here. And that happens sometimes. But in return, the Jazz, you know, got a guy named Jordan Clarkson, and also they gave Tony Bradley and George Niang more time on the floor. They went young, basically, and all of a sudden, this bench just seems to be revived. It's amazing how a player of Clarkson's stature with speed and I think a little attitude, de- defensive mindset, a uh, three-point shot that was is better than maybe some thought, but it's a system too that I think that he's been able to thrive in and also blend in with the starters when Quinn sees it, you know, sees that need. But I think that's what the exciting part is, that actually the Jazz, to win, to win big and to, to take this team to a higher level, you have to have bench play. And I think that's part of what the Jazz have been able to do over this last six or seven games. And uh, that is to get a legitimate bench play uh, to help lift these, these this team to wins, but also to take some pressure off the starters. They can't carry the load every night, as you guys know. And that's what it was becoming, by, by the way. You know, 34, 35, 36 minutes of play for the starters. And I think that's the one thing. Uh, that you have to have is depth, and all of a sudden the Jazz have been able to build some of that uh, off the bench. So is Clarkson going to do this? Because this seems almost too good to be true. I mean, he's just plopped in there. and You know, we shot a low percentage that first night, 4 for 12 for 9 points, but I happen to be at that game as a fan, which I do once a year probably, maybe twice, and you could just hear the people around talking about him, and they loved that he was aggressive, and the shots didn't go in, but people were just all sorts of pumped up. And by game two, you know, it's 19 and it's 20 points, and... Is it? It seems too good to be true, and yet it's gone on long enough. It seems like it is true. Yeah, the sample size, right? We always talk about sample size. Last night, Game Seven uh, with the Jazz, you know, he's pretty uh, consistent throughout the night. He had 16 in New Orleans. He had 11 last night. Um, you know, he had one three, and he what he doesn't do, uh, he's a scorer. Uh, there's a there's a couple assists and a, maybe a couple of rebounds uh, that go along with his box score, but his his uh, mentality is always you know one to be a scorer, and you know that's okay I guess in the way this Jazz team plays they've got rebounders we know that uh, especially a guy named Gobert, but that was something the Jazz needed I thought DJ desperately was just a, a guy with a mental attitude to go let's go get it done and now all of a sudden you can't help but discuss Moutier in this whole scenario as well. A guy who came here, we talked about it a lot. I want to be coached. No one's really taught me, you know, to take my talents to this level. And the the Jazz are known for developing players. And I guess you have to look at a Tony Bradley. You have to look at a George Niang. You have to look at a Royce O'Neal. 
And so, yeah, there's there's proof there that players have been developed, and Moody wanted to be a part of it. And all of a sudden, Clarkson's appearance has given him some abilities to do, I think, to, to be free. And his mid-range game is impressive. His ability to drive and finish is impressive. And there's a couple of sparks there with energy in that second unit. And I, I think the, that the sample size has been kind of proven that these two guys – play well together and they're also athletic and they they're scorers and that's what the jazz were looking for and that's why they made the move do you have any idea how close conley is i don't pk that's really kind of the the to me the the mystery um he came back and what he played a half a game and and the, the hamstring um you know flared up again and i guess that the the reason um you know for this they want to be extra careful but at the same time the jazz are, are winning so there's no i guess really there's no panic right in bringing mike back at this particular time they want the great guys i mean i you know you get a chance to meet a lot of people and this guy's a pro's pro um frustrated i'm sure uh wants to play absolutely uh, so now, you know, when he does become healthy and gets the green light, the next test would be how you blend him back in when the Jazz are, are doing this type of damage, you know, winning 11 or 12, it's now 12 or 13. So uh, that's really the next, probably the next big story when Mike's available uh, and when they feel like physically he's able to come back on the floor and not retweak that hamstring. So it seems like when he does come back, there are several interesting questions. Does he go back in the starting lineup, which I believe he does, and I think Royce O'Neal goes to the bench. Does he go back in the finishing lineup? I'm not so clear on that, and that could be a really difficult decision. I guess that's why Quinn gets the big money. Um, whose minutes does he take? Does he take a few from this guy and a few from that guy? Because you point out there were nights nice as starters are playing like 36 minutes, and that is not plan A in the long run. You'd rather play guys less than that. So... Uh, are there any of these questions you have any clarity on? The one I'm most sure of is that he'll go into the starting lineup. I really think that'll happen. No one's you know, told me that. It takes but that's me back to a time, and you guys remember, uh, you know, the Jerry Sloan uh, relationship with one one Carlos Boozer. And I remember asking him when he came back from a similar injury that l- that lingered for for a long time, and that was a hamstring. And I said, you know, Booze, do you think you want to just maybe work yourself back? off the bench start stop me right in my tracks now look these are two different personalities by the way mike conley and carlos boozer but he looked at me and says bowler look man i'm a starter period and i thought wow okay you know that answer that question in a hurry and sure enough booze came back and, and went back in the starting lineup again i can't answer that question mike's in his 13th year in this league and so you wonder if that plays a factor what his mental mindset is and also, you know, as this team plays team basketball, does he understand that he's more needed uh, from the bench, or do they know that they need him as a starter, and do they make a move and, and go back to what they did once? And that was to put Royce O'Neal on the bench and put Mike in with Donovan and keep Joe on the floor. So, again, like you made the point, it's Quinn, Dennis's, and Justin Zanuck and David Morey's, uh, you know, combined decision uh, brain power to decide what's best for this team. So, I think that's that's going to be a very big question and decision whenever that comes around. Well, I have a feeling that, you know, Boozer was a different situation. He was a little younger. Yeah. And Mike Conley's a little older. And he's been sitting there watching this team play at an impressive level and win a whole bunch of games. So I don't think he's going to be coming in here looking to be anything but a piece of the puzzle and to see where he can fit, certainly in the short term. Maybe long term if he gets it back and he's playing well, then you know he can get back to where he was. But for now, in the short term, uh, pretty much uh, in my mind, short term being to the All-Star break, let's say, which is you know, about five weeks away, that he's just going to look to see, all right, whatever you need me to do, where can I fit in? Because we got a really good thing going here, and I just want to add to it. I certainly don't want to subtract from it. Yeah, no, I think that's a, that's a Conley way. I think Mike's that type of guy too. Yeah, and he is, as I said, different than what the what Carlos Boozer uh, brought to the Jazz during his time, uh, you know, with the franchise. But you know, uh, PK, I, I think again, you know, it's it's uh, you don't break what's working right, and it's that's what's difficult. Even it was for Dante to even find any minutes at all uh, to get on the floor. Uh, you know, when the Jazz started to play. 
play better. And I think what you'd see, too, is that limited minutes would be probably the order of the day from the, from the medical staff that he'd have to work his way back in. And those minutes would be very, would be very limited, whether it's a starter in a starter role or a bench role. So, uh, again, that will be... Uh, that will be the big story whenever they give him the green light to come back to see how they work him back in. I got some tweeting. I mean, it's just one person. It's Twitter, but I still think there's probably other people thinking it out there. Moutier and then the greater than, that math symbol, right, the little arrow, greater yeah. than Conley. And I'm thinking, I know they're red hot right now, and it's fun to watch right. them win, and they just bludgeon the Knicks. But when you get to the playoffs and you're running into the Rockets or the Lakers or the Clippers, I'm thinking you need a lot of playoff experience. Conley has got that. So let's go big picture here. I know he didn't get off to the best start, and I know he hasn't played for a month, but none of that is any of that going to matter when we get to April and May? Now, if you can't play at a high level, that you, know, you don't get anything for just having experience. But still, right. you'd rather have it than not in the NBA playoffs. Yeah, I mean, that comes into play. That is part of the equation you know that the, the greater sign I, I see that a lot you know twitter greater than less than and uh you know right now moody is playing at a high level granted and Conley's not on the floor so yeah i can see where fans would say that but you know what happens too usually in playoff basketball coaches will uh slim down their rotation right i mean usually they do yeah. uh and so you know, I think PK's point is interesting that, you know, the all-star break is always an interesting time. You know, if you're injured, you know, you usually make your bounce back, your comeback, either just before or just after. Teams protect you up to that point, and then you really have to see what you have uh, because the, the all-star break is not the halfway point. The halfway point's coming up in Brooklyn next week. That's, that's game 41, just around the corner. Once you come back from the all-star break, it's usually a 25, 26, 27 game run to the finish. And so that's where coaches have to start making some tough decisions. Uh, and you start to see how the rotations are going to be built out as they, they, you know, as they come into April. So, again, we'll find out a lot. Maybe just prior to the All-Star break, uh, Conley, they've rested him, they've rehabbed him. And sooner or later you have to just say, hey, coach, let's go. Uh, give it a shot. And if it flares up again, then you've got a chronic issue. Uh, so uh, that time's coming, and I think probably the All-Star break prior to, you, you'll, you'll see Conley, and then Quinn makes decisions on how the rotation goes in those final 25 games of, of the regular season. You know, most of the time when Thurl Bailey's doing the commentary with him, you call him T. I would like for yeah. you to call Matt Harpring M. <laughs> okay, that, it, doesn't, it wasn't M uh, who James Bond had. Uh, and, yes. uh, yeah, him. Hey, him. <laughs> Let me try that. I don't know how Matt would respond to that. Poorly. I can guarantee it. He uh, would respond uh, poorly. Even better. That's why you should do it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, him. How are you, pal? Great to have you back. Him. Him. PK, I love you, man. I'd say you come up with some great, great thoughts. And that, you know, I may just do that to tick him off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can, just see, I can just see I just see the forehead scratching him looking at you like what is wrong with Nothing you? wrong with getting what under people's skin? Yeah, what is wrong with you? Oh, man. oh that's funny. Oh yeah, yeah, T, you know, it's just it's just it's just T, right? Yeah. I mean, you just big T or hey T. I mean, that's that's kind of the way it's always been. Uh and that's funny. I mean, it's like you guys. I can't call you Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I don't think I you ever have. <laughs> no, never. It just doesn't. It doesn't seem right. It just doesn't seem right. <laughs> I'm gonna write. I'm writing that down. M. Hey, Matt. M. Welcome back. Bowler. Thanks for a few minutes. We appreciate it. All right, guys. We'll see you soon. Thanks for the call. Craig Bowler, Jack, join us here on 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. When we come back, Joe Ingles, the man, the myth, the legend. Next, stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. 
DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Waiting to talk with Joe Ingles here momentarily. Just had Craig Bowlerjack on. Jordan Clarkson, it's a small sample size. You buying that this is uh, the real deal, though? Yes, totally. Really? You're all in? I am. How come? Because I think Jordan Clarkson has proven this is what he does. You know, we talk about George Nang making open three-pointers. Mm-hmm. That's what you do. That's basically, if you're going to list one reason why you're in the NBA, that's it. So it's the perfect marriage of his best skill and the team's biggest need. Most definitely. Coming yeah. off the bench like that. This is what he does. Really nothing <clears throat> that he's done. And I thought, well, I didn't see that coming. Because I watched him play with the Lakers. I didn't watch him play with Didn't watch him play in Cleveland, me neither. No, but the Lakers are the Lakers, and being that we pay attention to them, uh, watched him play and thought that's they seem like they have something in him, and so <clears throat> then he goes to Cleveland, off the radar. But now he's back and we're watching every single game that he plays. So what he's doing is, I believe, what he's capable of doing. That's why I love the trade. The second I heard about it, you know, for a long time uh, we talked about the uh, the Jazz a year ago when they were defensive minded and they needed guys who could make shots and Locke would have the numbers. Well, you have these guys on the floor and they're non shooters, uh-huh. and you look at the bench and there were more things going on than just the shooting and the scoring. But that is what they give you points for. So it's really important. And the Jazz were playing with multiple non-shooters, non-scorers, guys who weren't a threat on the floor. Yes. I always thought, and Joe isn't going to get into it with us because he'd have to bag on his teammates on the air, and he's not going to do that, so there's no point going down that road with him. But I thought that his struggles off the bench were a big reflection of the fact that he was surrounded by guys that the defense didn't view as threats. And they could close him down without getting paid. You put Joe out there with people who can make shots, he's more than a willing passer. Mm-hmm. That's his first priority. Mm-hmm. So if you don't collapse on him, he scores. If you do collapse on him, he hits the open guy. But the open guy's got to be able to make the shot. Clarkson can make the shot. They put Niang in there. He can make the shot. And it changes everything pretty quickly. Oh, for sure. Putting yeah. two more scores out there. It's like the starting lineup. <clears throat> if you put two more scores into the starting lineup, well, yeah, all the offensive rating numbers go off the charts when Bogdanovich is out there filling it up from wherever he is. That's why I thought winning 50 games with the lineups that they were putting out there <clears throat> was really good. Yeah, and, and they did it. 48, 50, 51 the last three years. Yes. Averaging almost 50 on the, on the dot. But now, sitting on 25 wins already, and we're not halfway through the season yet, 55 looks like it's in play. All right, it is time to talk with Joe Ingalls, and the Joe Ingalls Show is brought to you by your hardworking friends at Mountainland Supply. For all your plumbing and irrigation needs, go to mountainlandsupply.com. Hey, yeah! This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe, and he'll flush! And it's time to hear from the best-looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Joe Ingles gives it back to Joe till the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show (laughs) with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Joe Ingles joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or a Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Joe, good morning. Good morning. So, Joe, I'm curious. When you were seven years old... Sure you are. <laughs> right? That's why I'm a reporter. I get to ask people stuff. When you were seven years old, did you just walk into a room and pop off and crack the whole place up? I mean, is this something you've always done? Um, I, guess, I mean, I guess to a certain extent, my personality's been the same my whole life. I don't think it's changed too much. Um, I don't know. I think, yeah, I mean, I've always... I guess I've never been a fan. I obviously have fun in, in all my life. I was lucky to have. Obviously, and, um, yeah, just kind of in, enjoy my my life and enjoy talking to people and trying to help people kind of when I can if they're feeling down or if they need some confidence or whatever it is, but I guess I've, yeah, I mean, I've, I guess I feel like I've always been the same way. So Kareem Abdul-Jabbar had the sky hook, and against the Knicks, you put in something that resembled a hook. What do you call that? 
Um, I just threw it and prayed that it went in. <laughs> it was stuck in the air. The throw and prayer? <laughs> no, I knew what I was doing. I told Rudy my left hand hook is way better than his. I'm one for one on the year. He's like one for 40 on the year. <laughs> See, there you go. You, you make a bucket, and you got a line to go after Rudy. You walked in the locker room after the Knicks game, and uh, Bogdanovich is doing a post-game media thing, and you immediately, NBA history, three rebounds, three assists, lighting him up for the 35.0 rebound, zero assists. Did you know when you walked in you were going to do that, or just it just pops in your head and you just let it rip? Yeah, no, I didn't even – I mean, obviously didn't know who was going to be doing media um, or anything, so I just – uh, I guess came in at the right time, and um, we were we were obviously laughing the last couple of days. Um, having, I think he was the, he said that he was the first player in NBA history to have multiple twenty five plus points with zero 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 seven L. So um, we were laughing about it the last few days, and Boyan being Boyan, who's not serious but very like. Just kind of straight down the line, he was like, "Well, I made history." Like, I mean, other people have made history. <laughs> That's good. It just it is what it is, and obviously, we we love what he does. So, it was, uh, I think he got. I think yeah. I think I started laughing on the court because I think the first we lost the tip, they missed the first shot, and he got the first rebound of the game. We're like, see, it's not that hard to get like one rebound. <laughs> it isn't. But he's a great player. I love him. And I found in my life when things are going wrong, work actually is a refuge and love coming in here doing the show because I can forget about my issues. And I'm wondering for professional ball players like yourself, you know, you had some stuff last year, which you announced this year with the fires down in your home country and all just devastation. And, and you probably got some other stuff. How much does the game provide relief for you to get away from that stuff? If it does at all? Yeah, I think, it, I think it, it does for, for sure. I think depending on what it is, is is, is difficult at different times. Um, I think everyone, obviously now knowing what we were going through with, with Jacob last year, it wasn't as much as it was like when I was out there practicing or playing, I wasn't directly thinking about what we were going through, but I wasn't also on the flip side. I wasn't there mentally at all, really, um, as I'm sure a few people wrote articles about. Um, so, that, like, for that circumstance, it was like nothing that was going to, um, I guess, take me away from thinking about it and thinking about Renee and Jacob and Miller and um, kind of what we were going through and what life was going to look like um, once we did get the, the diagnosis. The, the stuff with, like, the fires and stuff like that now, it is, it's uh, obviously thinking about a lot of, one of my best friends who's kind of grown up with me and, and knows Renee obviously extremely well for the last kind of 10 years. Um, he lost his whole winery, which is his baby. He started from nothing. Um, so we've had some friends. Renee's had some, uh, some of our netball teammates that have either really been like metres away from losing their homes or, or losing some stuff or, or uh, like family homes and things like that. So um, when it's stuff, I guess, like that, that, when you're not playing, you are thinking about it, but obviously when I'm on the court, you're, you're pretty locked in and um, not kind of directly happening to, to Renee or my, my children. I think that kind of can take you away and you can get lost in practice in the games a little bit. Like like I said, with Jacob's stuff last year, we, there was nothing that was going to stop me thinking about it until I knew um, and was comfortable with Renee, what we were going to be kind of looking at in the future and that Jacob was going to be getting the best help and, and therapy that he needs. And, and obviously now he's he's in a really good spot. So that's um, something that I'm really comfortable with. So I guess with the fires, one, there's multiple traumatic things that go on there. But if you don't follow it close or know somebody down there, you know, there have been multiple fires over multiple years. So it's like reliving the nightmare. And, and this is bigger and it's worse, but my wife's best friend from college is down there and they lost their home in one of the previous fires and had a very harrowing escape from it. So I guess for the, the people who are there, some of them are going through this trauma over and over, which makes it especially awful. Not that it wouldn't be awful just yeah, the first I mean, time. Obviously, depending on kind of where you live, if you're, out, if you're kind of out in those areas that have um, been catching fire more often, it's... Yeah, it could be a, a yearly thing, or depending on how bad it gets. So, uh, um, 
for, for me and, and Renee in our home, we're we're way close to the to the city and the, the kind of the, the central of Melbourne, so we're we're lucky. But um, you just can't. I mean, it's, it's obviously dead. you can't even think about what, what people are going through and um, what they've lost and and the, the wildlife that's been lost. And um, thank thank God we've had some rain and and starting to to kind of be out like I guess con- somewhat controllable. Um, and the hard thing too is is obviously being over here. Um, uh, I, I know Renee and, and like if we were there, being able to actually get your hands dirty and actually help and, and do something. Um, obviously, from here is is not that much you can do. Um, kind of immediately to to try and help some people or or the animals or whatever part of it. Um, yeah, it's just a, it's obviously a really devastating thing for for our country and. Um, like I said in the press release that we did with the NBA and the NBPA, we've we've got some more. Me and I are working with the Jazz, um, so hopefully in the next kind of day or two we'll be able to announce what we're doing. Um, but hopefully that, that goes really well, and everyone here in Utah and stuff supporting, and we can we can try and raise some money to, to send back to to help as many people as we can. On the court, when you're coming down that left side. And you're deciding: Are you going to ball fake? Are you going to shoot? Are you going to pass to Rudy if he's cutting, or in the corner? Is it easier this year? It seems like the lane is wider this year to me, to the you know the amateur eye that I have. And I'm wondering if it's easier because you have more shooters on the floor this year, or if that's even true. Um, yeah, I think it. Uh, obviously, with like whoever Boyan in the corner or whatever it is. It's, um, they're, they're not leaving Boyan. They're not going to leave Mike when he's back. Um, Donovan, Royce is shooting 40-odd percent. Um, and then I think what a lot of people forget about is the big French guy that's running down the middle. Like, it's... Yeah, we've we've obviously um, made those changes to, to, the, to the wings and, and point guard and all that, and that's, that's helped. But Rudy led the league in dunks last year by a long while and broke the record or whatever it was um, and teams are really concerned about him I don't know it's probably not people probably don't really watch it because it's it's not the ball and, and when it, but when Rudy rolls down the lane after a, a pick and roll or whatever he gets he gets bumped and hit by two or three people every time and he, he's obviously developed offensively so well that man with breaking the record last year that they're trying to stop those lob passes to him or him running down the lane for balance. So, um, him rolling and getting on the rim and what he did last year has really opened it up as well. And, and then you obviously combine that with the guys that we have on the on the wing. It's um, it's a pretty dangerous kind of combination. Joe Ingles joining us here on 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Are you guys at all worried about losing your edge as you crush one team after another? What what keeps you focused so you don't go out there and think, oh, it's another night, we'll win easily? Because when that happens, obviously you get beat. Yeah, I think um, as boring as the answer is, you, you, you take it one game at a time as we do and as we have done for the five and a half years. And we've always done when we were – on that nine-game losing streak, four or five years, it was at home. Spurs were the top of the ladder for, for a long time, and um, that was the same focus then as it is now. You, you can't. I don't think you can get. I think I read it from someone last night from the media that, regardless of who you're playing and who their record is, they've still got ten, twelve, fifteen NBA players out there, and they're still really good players. Like, you're not in this league if you're not a good basketball player. And um, especially those guys, they had two of arguably their best players out. They've got a, a new coach after a final. And they play really hard, um, obviously playing free because of the situation they're in with their roster and um, just losing a coach not, not too long ago and stuff. So, And every team... Is kind of at a different point in their season that they've obviously everyone's got something to play for. If it's individually, they're trying to get better. Obviously, as a team, trying to make the playoffs. If they're in ninth spot, trying to bump up to eight or seven, and um, we, we've really just got to take it kind of one game at a time. And um, like you said, keep that focus. The minute you walk into a game thinking you're going to win, um, usually ends pretty badly. 
Um, and I don't think we've done that this year at all. And we haven't played great against the, the lower-ranked teams or whatever, or the games that we're supposed to win. We haven't played great in all. Last night was probably the one of the more consistent um, kind of overall games that we've played. But we go into every game with the same mindset of, of just trying to focus on that game and that individual player and that scout. And, and then we we kind of obviously try and handle business and, and move on to the next one. Do you think you're playing the best you've ever played in the NBA right now? Me? Yeah, you, yeah you personally. Oh, I couldn't care less. I know, but What's do you think record? so? No, yeah. You feel you feel record. the best about your your game right now, then, if you don't want to brag on yourself. Uh, I mean, I obviously feel good. Um, I, I, I mean, I don't even know if I've played the best or better or whatever. I think, I think every year for me is I've tried to get better. I've tried to do something different to, to make myself more effective or um, more efficient or, or whatever it is. And obviously this year the, the big thing was going right and getting comfortable doing that. Um, I'm extremely comfortable doing that now and I think that was not the final kind of piece I needed to add it add but it was a it was a big piece because of what's happened the last couple of years and then and, and obviously even this year the teams are kind of doing the same thing so for me feeling comfortable doing that has has been and I think that's opened up a lot for me as well it's got me being able to get me back to my left a lot um it's kind of uh, I think it's put thought into teams minds of do we want to send him right because I feel better <laughs> I've tried to state it on, on record so teams will realise that I actually feel more comfortable going right shooting right now. So if they're listening, please keep sending me right. <laughs> um, but no, I just I, I don't know. I just feel really comfortable. I'm obviously really comfortable with the system. I'm obviously comfortable with coach. Um, and like I said, every year I try to add something to my to, to both ends, offensively and defensively. And um, yeah, I'm just in a, a really good spot. So, Emmanuel Moutier said something interesting after the game last night that made me think of you. He was talking about how he said, I thought I was... He what? His IQ. <laughs> yeah. He said, I thought I had a high basketball IQ and it's a pretty smart basketball player and I got here, but there's a lot of details that Quinn wants us to work on. And I wondered if 17-year-old you had a conversation with you now, would 17-year-old you be blown away by all the stuff you've learned, you know, all the things you've added one year after another to your game? Oh, for sure. Um, not even 17-year-old me. A 26 and a half, 26 and three quarters year old me um, right before I got here. And um, I, was actually, I was actually thinking about it the other day, my career in Europe. And I, I don't know, I, I guess I felt like I didn't have the coaching staff that trusted me or, or whatever the situation was in Europe, but I just wasn't. I definitely wasn't a confident basketball player. Um, I was the same guy off the court. I was the same guy on the court, really, but I just didn't have the confidence to, to go and do what I thought I could do or, or should be doing. Um, and I got here, and it was like from day one of knowing Quinn, and, and I didn't know Quinn that well before. I knew him, met him a few times of, of playing against him, but the, the confidence that he's given me as a basketball player and as just a human in general is, um, yeah, I mean, I never would have thought, I never would have, I, I wasn't even planning to get guaranteed my first year, never mind to be here six years later and have whatever, two more years on my contract. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I owe a lot to, to the Jazz for finding me and believing in me and then obviously um, even more to Quinn for, for doing and making me feel the way I feel out on the basketball court now because before that it was uh, it was a pretty miserable challenge yeah I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I landed on my feet here my only criticism Joe is you can't blow Chris's until the fourth quarter not in the third quarter it's too early you guys get nervous yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, you know, exactly. seriously, people yeah. tweeted at me. I was tweeting during the people tweeted at me. None of this matters. It's over. Joe blew a kiss in the third quarter. It's done. It's too early. <laughs> I'd, love oh, to okay. know, I'd love to know. I'd love to know. on me, uh, my kiss blowing um, affair. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what the record is, but I actually uh, that last one was like that was the most random like loose one I've ever done because I didn't. I wasn't going to shoot it. First off, I was going to drive, and the people 
I can't even remember where we were, wherever we were. Um, the people in the front row were like yelling at me before, as I, I could hear them as I was running down the court. And then as I caught it, they were yelling even more. And I was like, well, I have to shoot it now. Um, and it was just an automatic response. So, um, yeah, but it was all good. I, I knew we were good that game. Okay. All right, Joe, we appreciate a few minutes as always. Thanks for joining us. No worries at all. Thanks for having me. Joe Ingles, right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. I got a major bone to pick with you. Again? Yeah. What? Oh, you want to save it? Can we do it now or do we got a break? I got a major bone to pick well, with we, you. Well, we have to go to break, but you got a minute if you want. Yeah, you got a minute, yeah. Oh. We're already way off clock, so what the hell? Yeah, at this point, right? Ah, whatever. Your wife is simply too old to have a best friend. That's We're going back to this that's debate. That's kid stuff. Okay, well, whatever. That's junior high. They're that's pretty high tight. school. They're, okay, they're, they're they can be close. pretty tight. Yeah, pretty but close. what does it say about the second best friend? You're sliding her. Agnes over here has been very loyal to your wife for many, many years. And that's her best friend over here? Pretty tight for having moved halfway around the world 20-whatever And that's ago. great. I'm yeah. not denying that. Yeah. But what about the... Did you ever consider the second well, best Well, none friend? of them are listening, so I don't think it really matters. It's the principal. <laughs> not if I don't get busted. The second best friend's over here. Wait a second. What about me? That's a savvy uh, move right there. What about DJ. me? All right, break time. DJ PK. I've devoted so much energy to the James family, and I'm regulated to second best? Who wants that? Well, to my wife, yes. That sucks for her. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.